Your band sounds great, but how does it look? No one knows if you're in the dark. Light up your gigs with Chauvet DJ. Chauvet DJ is the brand of affordable and easy-to-use entertainment lighting that can help your band rise above the competition with great-looking and dynamic visual stage looks. From pack-and-go lighting systems that set up and tear down in seconds to Bluetooth-enabled lighting, with the touch of a button or step on a foot pedal, Chauvet DJ has your gig lighting covered. You rock the gig, Chauvet DJ will make sure the crowd sees you do it. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. That's C-H-A-U-V-E-T-D-J.com. I don't have a funny intro for this one. What's up, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less here in Atlanta, Georgia, currently drowning in W-2s and 1099s, I am Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, currently drowning in water coming down from the sky, Dan Ray. Uh, it's been very a very moist uh, situation down here. Yes, in the here southeast. too. Last 24 hours. We actually had a tornado watch. Yeah, we did today too. And hold on yards. Yeah, it's been intense. Lost a couple limbs. Thunder rolled through. We were worried the kids were going to wake up. Kids could care less slept right through it we they, didn't though they called school three hours early here so oh for real yeah that's a bit more serious I suppose. yeah and so all the parents had to come like at the heat of the storm the height of the craziness yeah to go it's just wasn't well thought through come get your kids yeah school's out for weather <laughs> that was good i like that thank you uh i'm currently enjoying uh i'd sent you a link to this the sweetwater uh strain insane og so yeah it's uh, Be Real from Cypress Hill, has his own signature beer. And if uh, you guys aren't Sweetwater people or you don't have that in your area, it is... Um, Not the music store, the, the brewery. Yeah, Sweetwater Brewery, which is in Atlanta. They have a uh, what they call the G13 strain, which is a beer that smells an awful lot like uh, an illicit green It's skunky. It's... Yeah. yeah. Well, the, um, the Be Real version, the Insane OG, is a Mexican-style lager. With that flavor in it, hmm. um, we had uh, carnitas this evening, and uh, it was just nice. a lovely accompaniment That's to good. that. So That's I cracked good. another one open That's for good. a little combo. I'm presently enjoying a Catawba Brewing Hopness Haze IPA. There you go. Which is juicy and lovely. Although, you know what I've discovered, speaking of Mexican-style um, lagers, yeah. is um, Trader Jose's Dark Mexican Lager. Yeah. It's quite good. It's quite good. There's The closest Trader Joe's is like... 15 miles away, which doesn't sound like a lot. No, it's like a lot for a grocery store. That's a lot. Yeah. We're, we're still, we still have our fingers crossed that they're going to put some, put one up closer yeah, they, to they us. Just we, opened we love one, our Trader Joe's. They just opened one about five minutes from my house. So. Oh man. Yeah, it's good. I'd be there on the rag. Anywho. So, uh, what's been going on with you, man? Well, let's see. Um, this week I landed a new, um, first time that's going to parlay into an every other week, uh, for the duo. Um, at nice. a restaurant kind of north end of Greensboro called Cow, Cow, Cow. Just and I, C-O-W? No, K-A-U, Cow. Oh, okay. Yeah, and because it's spelled like that, I say it like five or six times every time I say its name because it mm-hmm. amuses me. Cow. So it's like a chop house kind of place. And um, Wait, it's a chop house called Cow spelled wrong? It's uh, Cow, I think, is Brazilian for... Um, cow? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for Cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brazilian wouldn't be Brazilian, it'd be Portuguese. Um, Portuguese. Or something, something like that. It's it's something for cow. It's you know it's a play on the fact that it's a meat joint. Um, 
And so we're there for the first time on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Sweet. Uh, no gigs for me this week. Um, just had a lot of like work and personal stuff come up and didn't really have margin for it anyway. Um, we have a private event coming up on Wednesday at the Crown Plaza downtown. Nice. Um, that should be fun. We hadn't we hadn't been in the same room for a couple of weeks, so it'll be good to kind of shake that off and um, do a, a nice little corporate deal. Um, this was the first time we've used the um, Aslo online banking situation yeah. for the business. Yeah. So I've been, um, you know, we sent all of our invoices through that, and all the payments been done online, and you know, minus the fees, which there there are, um, can't fight with the uh the convenience of it and you know it's just kind of the cost of doing business and you get a really slick uh interface and something that's easy for the customers to deal with so you know if that takes a couple percent off the top um for a smooth uh ride i'm in for it so sure uh in other news uh lots of gear stuff so many gear things yep so um First thing uh, I posted this uh, this morning, uh, I got my brand new custom in ears from sixty four Audio. Um, the 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 interesting thing was is I had sent my old ones off to get fixed, and they're like, "Hey, we can't fix them. Do you want them back when when we send you the new ones?" Right. And I was like, "Sure." Um, and and the the interesting thing is that now that I have them both, is that the progress made in the in ear, I guess technology or design is was very apparent. And um, I'm I'm still kind of breaking them in, but I wore them today um, at work, and man, it's like night and day. Mm. The fit is different, the materials feel different, the sound stage feels different. It's just it was it's a completely different experience than what I was accustomed to uh, with the ones that I've been listening through for the last seven years. So I think it might be worth kind of unpacking all of those things um, at some point. But I really like them. Cool. Made the right choice. Uh, they sound What'd they run? Um, so it's, I think they retail for, I think, $6.99, maybe $7.99. Okay. But because I um, I had gotten them repaired and they couldn't fix the ones that I had, um, they gave me, I think, 25 or 30% off of that price. So I think I paid just under 500 bucks. Nice. For that process. That's good. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I really like all of the changes that they made, and they're pretty plain. They don't have like custom artwork or any logos on them. It's just literally just you know utilitarian and um, straightforward. Yeah, and uh, they fit great. It's a very like again a very different fit than what I'm accustomed to. So uh, they'll take a little getting used to, but I'll have um, I'll have this gig on on Wednesday to try them out. Um, speaking of things to try out on Wednesday, the Roland guitar, uh, I got word back from the shop and it is ready to pick up. Um, I was really worried. I, I don't know if you guys remember that, uh, it needed a lot of work. Um, but they cleaned it up, set it up. Um, and you know, I was only out like 80 bucks. Awesome. I was fully prepared to pay a lot more. That's awesome. Um, the only catch is, is that the, um, the relief on the neck isn't, um, quite as, uh, pliable, uh, as they would like. So, um, because I play in E flat for this gig, I opted to go up to 11s on that with the lower tension Yeah, to kind of make up for the, the, uh, the next situation. So we'll see how that goes. Um, in all other things, it appears to be in great working shape and we'll just see if, um, you know, we gel as a, uh, as a pair. And if not, I'll, um, you know, I'll turn it around because yeah. 
it's still a good guitar. It just may not be the right fit. We'll just have to see. You always have to try it out. There's no, there's no telling to gigged in a little bit. Yeah. So, um, lots of new things. Also just another kind of aside that's not completely related to, to music. Um, we, somebody in my, like not my immediate family, but like a, a mother, like an, like an in-law of some kind down the, down the line invited me to like a secret, like Facebook group of like deals on Amazon. And two of the things that popped up since I joined this week were, um, a really large backdrop cover, which we have, I have not had, but we have that big Olin Mills, like laser backdrop that we use for like photo booths and stuff. Uh And we're always having issues finding a place to set it up and having like the bar and that kind of thing. So this, I got a, I got a new setup for that. Um, that comes in like a carrying bag. That's all like self-contained. And then I got, uh, one of those fancy, fancy ring lights. Mm. Um, so if I start recording more video for the, uh, YouTube content, I'll have better lighting. So a lot of stuff's like less than 60 bucks. So I was very stoked on that. That's great. That's great. Shopping. And that's all I got. It's always the best. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, you know, we, we got to pay the HOA association. Sure. But you know, toys. Toys. Yeah. It's good. Hey, one other thing that happened this week. Um, yeah. Um, sometime back. I uh, was on a gig hunting tour of town with my co-front man, Justin, and we dropped into a place that we'd been a number of times and I knew the woman's name, who was the booker there and she was never in. And, uh, it's probably been a year plus that I've been dropping in there. And, um, so we did, we dropped in again and left our one sheet and a note to her and by God, she called. Ta-da. Uh, it never happens. It literally never happens. And so, um, but it happened. And so, um, the other thing that's cool is she was trying to book us for May sometime and we settled on a date there. And then she said, gosh, you know, I didn't see on your availability February 21st. Sure. Where she had been, I just had a cancellation and, um, I had not offered that because it was the night before a show at pig pounder, which normally, you know, I check with the guys before I make available. And yep. so I checked with the guys and we made it available. And so we ended up with cool. two dates there. So a uh, brand new place. Uh, it's called, um, the garage tavern here in Greensboro. And, uh, it's a pretty new spot, but, uh, I see some really cool place, um, um, acts that I know play there. And, uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. Very cool. I had sent out a couple of emails about some, um, some places trying to, you know, break some of the new bands in. Um, it looks like the comedy thing that we tried to do, uh, about a month or so ago, we're yeah. going to do a nineties version and nice. do the nineties band. Cool. Um, we, we had a date thrown at us and it was, I had a, uh, conflict with uh, kids and school stuff, so we're still looking on getting that hammered out. Um, and then just have a couple of other things. Uh, we do have a, um, we've got a couple, we've got like a municipal event that's kind of the contract's still out on, um, and a road gig for Florida, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, Fun. And kind of in a related note, I did end up having to uh, buy my first liability insurance for an event. Yeah, tell me about that. So, um, the event that's coming up on Wednesday, um, it's it's for a brewery. It's actually, I think, some somehow connected to Sweetwater. Um, they're doing some sort of corporate event. They wanted an 80s band, and we were just the band for the job. Um, but the Crown Plaza, where we are playing, uh, requires the uh, band to have a liability insurance policy uh, for their performances. So I was um, politely asked to uh, get a $1 million policy for this event. It's, and um, That's... That's awesome. I don't, um, how would you cause a million dollars in damage? That's, oh, well you just watch electricity challenge accepted. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
but that's just uh you know for for their vendors that's something that they require um so i um i went through the process now this is this gig's um one of our it's not one of our top tier events so i am kind of it is kind of eaten into my bottom line a little bit with adding this on but in order to do that kind of um that kind of coverage i went on um the event helper which is eventhelper.com and um very simply filled out a form of uh where it was and how many people and how long i needed it for and that kind of thing uh 5 minutes later i had a pdf with all of that stuff on it the um the process took like i said less than 5 minutes it cost me a little over $100 okay. and um you know the client's happy and the uh the vendor slash venue is uh is content and uh that's that very nice now the the interesting thing about after after setting that up is that i've gotten a lot of these event insurance um ads in the things that i've been like kind of navigating through right so i'm curious there, there's one called thimble that keeps popping up um i don't know if anybody has used them um they seem to be apparently new to the game but um i'm i'm Definitely open to looking at other ones, but event the uh, eventhelper.com uh, was easy enough to do, and uh, I will I can recommend them because uh, I had a nice positive experience. But I'll be I'll, I will definitely be looking out for other options in cool. the future. Very good. And so in your whole your whole career, this is the first time that this has ever had to happen. Yeah, in most cases, in in our contract, it was um, it's it's it stipulated that the client needs to cover that. Um, in this particular case, the budget was lower and, um, time was a bit of a factor. So we just kind of said, you know what, in this case, let's, we'll just go ahead and, and take care of that. Um, and that was the specific request from the hotel itself. So it was kind of on us to do that. So sure. that's all we did. All right. Cool. It's not a big deal. Very good. Very good. The number of, um, lengthy threads I've seen on the internet about how dare they ask me for that, you know, you know. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta play by the play by the rules, and other times you gotta just ignore the internet. Yeah, you know this is one of those kind of you know sometimes it costs money to make money kind of scenarios. There you go. There you go. And you know if you want to play these private events, um, this is sometimes a requirement. It's usually a requirement by the venue itself. Um, and if you want to play those kinds of those kinds of venues, you just have to be prepared to do that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And you know if if you have <clears throat> if you've got the negotiating skills you can sometimes say can you roll this in with our fee you know i could have pushed back and say hey could you add a hundred dollars to our fee but it, it, it didn't seem worth it sure so i didn't yeah cool yep big boy stuff big boy stuff big girl stuff big, big person stuff big person stuff grown adult things adulting well let's do this now Chauve DJ makes it easy to take the look of your gigs to new levels that can set your band apart from all the others. Lighting is the key, even in small venues. Chauve DJ has the lighting looks to help your band create visual excitement and energy without taking your attention from your music. It's easier than ever with technology like Bluetooth-enabled products that can be triggered right from a phone or tablet with the free BT Air app. That means powerful lighting for bands is now literally at your fingertips. Chauvet DJ knows your gig gear should be powerful, affordable, lightweight, and ultra convenient. The new Gig Bar Move is all that and more. Gig Bar Move has moving head fixtures, wash light pars, strobes, and lasers, all on one bar that sets up and tears down in minutes without taking up a lot of valuable transport space. Chauvet DJ is the brand of entertainment lighting that helps you create better audience experiences by adding dynamic visual looks and moods to perfectly suit the music you're playing. And it's easier 
and more affordable than ever. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. That's C-H-A-U-V-E-T-D-J.com. You do gigs. Light what you do with Chauvet DJ. Man. It's good. That was great. It's really good. So are you ready to get into this? You know, I am. Are we, um, are we going to address, I mean, you know, I mentioned not listening to the internet. This is an internet sourced topic. Yeah. That we're actually already ignoring our own advice. Uh, um, over the past week in the, uh, cover band confidential Facebook group, we had, um, a couple of com- conversations that popped up that definitely drew some, uh, some attention and had, uh, some pretty high engagement. And it felt like it was probably time for us to throw our proverbial hats in the ring. Um, about them. So this is all around, um, gigging and responsibility and kind of acquiring work. That's kind of what we're talking about. And acquiring audience. And there's kind of two. Yeah. I mean, so, and, and it's kind of in, in two worlds. You're two talking worlds. about you like, yep. Yeah. Bars and clubs and then, um, private events. So, um, the, what we are talking about specifically are, um, the efficacy or the usefulness of things like gig masters and gig salad and those kinds of um, services. Um, and also the topic of whose responsibility is it to bring people to an establishment to watch you play a show? So which one do you think we should dive into first? Let's talk about uh, the gig salad and the gig uh, uh, masters. Okay. Dan, what is your experience with the um, with the gig masters, or as they are now calling themselves, the bash? The bash. So my experience with both gig masters and gig salad is that it was an expensive sink of time and energy and money that produced zero results. Okay. Now I am absolutely willing to concede that they there was probably a whole lot I could have done to make myself more. Um, appealing to the people who are looking to hire on there, including participating in the race to the bottom pricing that I think is the nature of those things. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. But never having um, been willing to do that as instead uh, only ever bidding at a price I was willing to pay, uh, be, be paid for it. I never booked a single thing through them in about, I think I was on gig salad for two years and gig masters for one. And the, two, the second year of gig salad was because they, you know, threw me a massive retention discount. Yeah. Um, so not generally a fan. I'm willing to, I'm willing to be told that I didn't use it well. Okay. Uh, but basically I found it useless. So we have had a, um, a paid membership for gig masters slash the bash for probably three or four years at this point. Um, we did have a paid membership for Gig Salad, but like you had said, um, didn't really get a lot of traction off of it and let that, that membership lapse. We still have their free account, which gives us, you know, I, I'll get an email from them, you know, every few weeks. Um, but we have never booked anything through their their service. Um, that being said, uh, Gig Masters has been kind of a mixed bag. And um, we have definitely gotten really good gigs through Gig Masters. Uh, ones that weren't necessarily about their, um, you know, about pricing and, um, we can kind of dig into that a little bit, um, yeah. in a minute. I think, I think there, there are ways of doing it. Um, now the one thing that we have also done is that in the process of transitioning from doing just the, the band to doing the agency, 
Um, I have actually changed my Gigmasters account from members only to ATL party bands, okay. which allows me to pitch more events and um, sell more con- different configurations. So it seems to me that the bands that tend to do the best are the ones that are are modular. So they have full shows, uh, solo, duo, trio, quartet, full band, big production. And so that way you can kind of like come in at a number of price points to offer to your prospective clients. And that seems to be how some of these bands get a lot of repeat business and really kind of like game and work that particular marketplace. Yeah. And we've been able to do that with the ATL party bands angle, you know, booking solo acts and acoustic acts and trios and that kind of thing. So that in itself has been um, a way that we have been able to use that, um, that particular system. Now, the other thing that I have found that works for us is that um, once you submit a quote, they unlock all of the contact information, which right. is the person's first and last name, their email address, their number. If you can get that quote submitted and then immediately, like, and when I say immediately, I mean like within five minutes, follow up with a phone call and or an email, um, your likelihood of getting those um, those shows goes up uh, significantly, uh, mostly because most people don't do it. And right. the fact that you are putting an, a, a voice and possibly a name and a face to the product that you're selling, um, you know, if you're looking at it from a psychology standpoint, it makes it harder for people to turn you down. Because if you're just getting blind quotes and numbers from people, um, you know, it's pretty easy to go, meh. But if somebody calls you and, you know, they, they're they confident in what they're providing and they fit within your budget, you know, most people will go for it. And that's just been kind of our experience. Now, that being said, you know, I'm not booking, you know, more than I would say our last calendar year. We probably didn't book more than three or four events through them. Well, it pays for itself. We also didn't. Yeah, we also. Yeah, it, it definitely paid for itself. And we're not also going for every, you know, lead we we get. You know, if if we get an email that says so-and-so needs a band and I read the description and they want, you know, a Motown band or they want. Oh, sure. You know, Oh yeah. Band. Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go for it. The targeting, I mean, gonna... it's, it's up to you to make sure it's targeted. Yeah. That They don't help you very much with that. No, you can either opt into getting alerts when the client asks them to reach out, or you can just say, don't do that. And of course you'll get less inquiries if you do it the other way, but because we're trying to, you know, kind of come at it from a bunch of different angles, I'm like, yeah, send us whatever and just, you know, we'll see what happens and we'll, we'll respond if we feel like it's worth it. Cause you might have a, country imprint at some point sure i mean i technically do already i just it's not modern in any sense if somebody wants like classic rock and stuff i can or or southern rock and that kind of thing i can i can i can make that happen right but not not with some of the other stuff people are asking for so you know i i think the moral of that story as far as gig masters goes that yes they do have a place and they do serve a purpose but you need to be prepared to do a couple of things. You need to be prepared to come at um, your prospects with uh, a couple of different options. You need to be prepared to price accordingly. And you also, you know, we, that's kind of what you were alluding to is that there's kind of a race to the bottom. Now, if you really want to know what is going on in your local market, send out a blind inquiry from right. Big Masters as a client. Right. And just see the numbers that come back. Um, 
I was astounded by what I was, you know, what I found. Um, lots of bands that are willing to do, uh, <laughs> lots of bands willing to do unspeakable things for very <laughs> little money. <laughs> yeah. Like we, ha- I definitely saw one where it was like an eight piece band that would do a show for like $500. Wow. Including sound and lights. Wow. It just doesn't like, doesn't seem worth it to me. Um, but you know what, if they, if they can play, you know, four nights a week, maybe that's, maybe it kind of comes out in the wash. I have no idea. I don't know. But you know, for us, you don't necessarily have to participate in that, in that deal. And you know, the people who are looking for bands at a certain price point, or they're looking for entertainment at a certain price point are going to get the band they paid for. You know what I mean? I do. And if you can convince them that you're worth more than that, I mean, that's kind of what you need to do. That's the whole point of this is that you need to show them, hey, this is this is why you're paying extra. Yeah. And as we've seen, the um, the bar for uh, civilian satisfaction with a band is surprisingly low. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, there, there are plenty of people who will um, – not pay a lot of money for a uh, for a band, and uh, get the band that uh, they paid for, and are perfectly content with sure. what they got. Sure. And if that's the case, then more power to you. God bless. But, I guess we were probably never built for that gig, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. So that's kind of my take on it. So I, I I'm not really, you know, it's funny to it's fun to kind of get on get in on the um on the pile on online about those those services, but. You know, fact of the matter is, is that if you if you know how to work the system, you can still you can still get work out of them. They just aren't going to be your primary source uh, for leads, but right. it is a it is a channel that you can utilize. And um, if you if you can afford it, you know, don't I wouldn't say, you know, in the Atlanta market, the quote unquote like sponsored or the premier or the whatever they call it, premium mm-hmm. accounts the first page of search results is all of them. Yeah. You know, you don't, you might show up 20 on your, you know, on the search result, but like those are the only people that like you're paying money to get to the top of the list, but those people aren't necessarily working any more than you are. So you're not necessarily getting anything. What I'm saying is, is that a lot of bands are doing that. It's not going to necessarily guarantee you more work if you spring for that money because you're just, you're in a different, you're just in a pool of people. Right. I mean, that's not the case in your market, but in, in, in Atlanta, it's it's a complete lost cause. I think here there are always three or four at the top that are paid, but, um, you know, so even less, even less need to be one. Yeah. Like when there's 50 of them, like What's there's the, no point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely no point. Anyway, uh, that's how I feel about that. Um, I know our membership is up and, you know, maybe we'll downgrade. Who knows? <laughs> you know, on, on the other hand, there are other services you know, a lot of people who complain about the pricing of uh, things like gig masters uh, have no idea what it's like to be on things like the knot or any of the the specific wedding geared ones. Right. Uh, you you know they'll they'll try to get you on the phone you know to kind of talk you into it, and then you realize that like you know you hear their pricing model and you'll wish that they price like gig masters does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're, although I would think that that pricing model supports a non race to the bottom, you know, competitive environment. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, but you know, you're also going to be paying literally five to ten times more. Yeah. For that service per year, 
you know, and their justification is, well, you get one gig and it pays for itself. But like the gig that you're getting has to be like a three to $5,000 gig, or you're literally just throwing money. Right. And, um, I have plenty of friends who, you know, put the money down and never got it back out. Right. And it's just literally that money's just gone. Right. So right. know your market and know, you know, know what you can, what you think you can pull off and what you can afford. Like if you've got five G's or th- three grand to throw away, you know, on advertising, it is a way to do that. But there are other ways of doing that as well um, that you could spend that money on. So that's that. That's that. All right, good. Now, the second topic was, boy, just a perennial internet chestnut. Yep. Uh, and the question that comes up, and we haven't thankfully had it so much in the Cover Band Confidential group, but um, other places that are yep. more frequently trafficked with Yahoo's. Um <laughs> <laughs> it comes up a lot. And the question is, this bar booked me and they asked how many people I'm going to bring. How rude. What's up with that? It's their job to have people for me to play to. Yes. How dare they? How dare they ask me if I'm going to be, you know, contributing to their income for the night so that they can afford to pay me. I think you're kind of, uh, I tipped my hand right uh, yeah, there. You in tipped my opinion. Hand on that I? one, didn't you? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, this kind of comes up in a couple of different factors. It's the, you know, we reached out to a bar and they asked how many Facebook followers we have. Right. And a lot of people get miffed about that. Um, it, it is what it is. You know, it's 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 the same kind of situation where, you know, you guys, have, you have to look at these things as a partnership. Um, most bars are not charities. <laughs> They're just not. Most. So when they're looking for an audience, they're, I mean, when they're looking for a band, they really don't care how good you are. You are not, um, you're not even, I don't even think they view you as entertainment. You are in the alcohol consumption retention business. So what you, your job is not to do anything other than um, assist in bringing people into their establishment and uh, keep them there long enough to continue to order drinks. Exactly. Exactly. And... Uh part of their calculation is what is the boost in bar sales that I'm going to get from having live music? And will that cover the cost of the live music? That's yep. literally, that's the math they do. And, you know, fortunately for yep. us, it mostly works out in their favor, which is what we want because they're our employer. We want it to go well for them. And, um, and the only reason we would not feel that way is if we have our priorities really jacked up about what we're doing there. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, the ideal scenario is that, you know, everybody makes money. Sure. Because if one side makes money and the other side doesn't make money, there's always going to be some sort of resentment or issue. Well, and you don't, that situation you don't just be, won't last very long. Right. So you don't want to be a band where you can see that they're making money hand over fist, but they're paying you pennies. Yep. But on the flip side, you also don't want to necessarily get a guarantee when you know that the bar is losing money. Right. So here's a good example of that. We had this conversation, you know, a couple of months back, you know, it stings a little bit less now, <laughs> but, um, the, the trio gig that we had was, you know, they, they paid us $700 for a trio, which means everybody got 200 bucks. It's a perfectly good payday. Um, but the, the situation was, is that a friend of mine and, and a guy who, who books that place, um, they had an opening and they needed a band and they were assuming that we were, 
going to bring people to the establishment on kind of a weird, it was like the week before Christmas, it was like the 20th of December, um, to fill their venue. And we thought that they had a built-in audience that we could play for to kind of establish ourselves because this was a new band, new lineup, new name, new concept. So, you know, we entered, both of us entered into an agreement on false pretenses. Yep. And so, you know, we played fine, but no one was there. And, you know, in in their defense, they went back and they did something that I didn't necessarily agree with and say that, oh, well, nobody thought they were any good when they really should have said we had a bad night and, you know, it just didn't, the ends didn't justify the means in this particular case. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Well, you know, I mean, it's fair to say that you were no good at what they expected you to do. Sure. Right. Which was not play music well. They expected right. you to bring people in to right. drink at the bar. And you were, in fact, so, no good at that. No good, no good at that in yeah. that particular case. Exactly. And and listen, there are there are places, there are bars, and there are venues that are catering to a particular level of band that can use them as opportunities to get stage time and exposure. And I, I know it's an ugly word, but it's still exposure. You know, sometimes you do have to take a lower paying gig just to get out there, get your name out there, get into, get into the club. And if you have a good night on a, on a low pay day, you know, you can, you can use that to your benefit by saying, Hey, you know, we played this place a couple of weeks ago. We packed it out. Right. Had a great night. Right. Or you shot video of it and there's, there's footage of you now playing in front of a, a, you know, a crowded room. And those are all good things, whether or not you, you make a ton of money, but like, it's, it's just the, the, purpose of kind of building a reputation um where we you know in that particular case we failed we failed at that we didn't have a good night and so you know if i go back to him wanting to book that group again i don't have any leverage in that conversation so i either make um you know i'll 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 have to take a pay cut and find a smaller place to kind of uh, get us back in there or um you know in in our case we may kind of try a couple of other methods to uh, get our name out and um, do some promo and that kind of thing. So that's kind of where we are. But you you do have to, it is a two-way street. Whether you like it or not, it is. Because if they don't make money, then you don't make money. And if you make money and they don't make money, then you aren't coming back. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, there, it, there, there's a couple other things about this. So the first is... Um, you know, my ideal bar gig, uh, I show up with my crowd and my crowd comes to love this bar. If it's not a place that we've been to before, you know, I am introducing my people who follow my band around. I have some yep. to a place and they like the place and they have a good opinion of the place and they're willing to come back. And that's a good thing. Also, yep. the place has some people who yep. know that there's music and come for that and come to find us and like us and it all turns into sort of a mutual admiration society but the the <laughs> the people are a cross-pollination of our people and their people yes and that's the best night that's when it's the best so yeah i mean your your purpose is to bring people while also picking more people up yeah and then hopefully all of them come back the next time exactly and follow you places and can you get brought back there because you were awesome there and you everybody had a great time so yeah. the question then is who you know, all right. So setting that aside, you know, I see people on the internets saying it's not my job to 
I don't know why I do this in a Southern accent. It just came out of my face. Yeah. It's not my job to bring a crowd to, you know, I'm there to play. I want to consider this from the perspective of the prisoner's dilemma. Lay it on me. All right. If it's your job, if it's not your job and they don't do it, nobody does it. Yeah. If it is your job and they don't do it, then somebody has done it. So the safest move for you to make is to treat it like it is your job. Now, if they also do it, that's awesome. Then my ideal night that I just described happens. But if they don't, at least you've put something out there and you're not going to have an empty room. Right. So. Well, and and that can get kind of testy as well. We've definitely had situations where we have pressed the crap out of a show, um, but the venue didn't. Sure. And, you know, we brought the people that we were going to bring out, but they, you know, there just wasn't, there wasn't anybody else to play for. Absolutely. But you had a better night than if you hadn't done that, right? Sure. So I'm for that. Yeah. You know, and um, you, no, go ahead. this, uh, this gig we have at cow, cow, mm-hmm. cow. I really, I literally say it half a dozen times. Every time I say cow, cow, K-E-U, cow. Anyway, um, it's a restaurant, right? It's not a bar. It has a bar, but it's a restaurant. I don't really, we're not gonna be throwing a party there. Yeah. I don't really think they expect us to bring people. I actually really don't. I think they have it on like a, it's, I think it's different in a restaurant. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing like kind of acoustic stuff. Yeah, and that's what this is. It's background music while people eat dinner. Yeah, your wallpaper. Yeah. But do you know what I just did tonight? I put you out it anyway. I put out a message on both the Dan Ray mailing list and the Cold Iron Ray mailing list saying, hey, come to dinner. Come to, and, and ask to sit up close to us and tell them yeah. you're there to hear us. Totally. Right? Because why would I not, you know, have this first one be killer and have them be clear it, it's killer because I pressed it. You know, I'm I'm in the running to be there every other week, depending on how this one day goes. So, like, why would I not put in a little bit of effort to contribute toward that being amazing? Yeah, I mean, the your, you know, we're dealing with things that are basically this is personal branding. Yeah, and you want your personal brand to be when I play, people come and enjoy themselves. Yep. And if you don't feel like that is a part of your branding, then that is your brand. Your brand is, I don't care. Yep. And I don't care if people come to my shows and I don't care if people have a good time. And then that's your reputation and that's your brand. Do you want that to be your brand? Because if you aren't actively doing one, you are, you know, fulfilling the other. Correct. Boom. Correct. Boom. Mic drop. That stings a bit. Mic drop. There it is. Love. Tough. The toughest. For real. Yep. So don't be, don't be that guy. Or girl. Put a little effort into it. Put a little it love in hurt. your heart. You just got to try. Because if you don't try and no one tries, then maybe you don't get to do it as much. Got to try a little tenderness. All right. I don't, I don't think we went too far. Is that really? <laughs> I know. Well, still, point is, you know, don't, um, you were not hired to come play good music. You were hired to turn out a great night for the bar in terms of receipts and so, or restaurant. And yep. so, um, do your job. And that includes bringing people. 100%. So I think we, we can kind of close the door on that. And, and you know, uh, there are people who do this all the time and feel one way. And then there's people who don't do this at all and feel a different way. You know, um, our friend Mike from the Pork Tornadoes kind of chimed in. 
but he is kind of in a unique spot. Like he feels the way that we do, which is you need to put some effort into it. But on the same note, like they can't really play a gig at a bar because they won't make the money right. that they are used to making right. doing those kinds of events. So it is kind of like a, you know, it, it's easy for somebody who doesn't have to do that all the time to, to say that because, you know, they have kind of graduated out of that. Right. But it doesn't change the sentiment that if you want to go and do that level of work that you have to work your way through that market. And the way that you do that is by doing the hard work and making sure that people come out to your shows. Exactly. That's how you build the following that then shows up at the baseball stadium and packs the place, you know, uh-huh. plus that one show was a ton of work, you know? Yeah. They're, they're doing all of the work as yeah. opposed to like, you know, you showing up with your, your backline. Yeah. And, you know, there is no venue that should be putting it on their Facebook page. They're, they're, they're four walling it. It's all them. Yep, 100%. Yeah. They're doing that one on the 15th. Yeah. Selling out a theater. A cover band selling out a theater in a town that I don't think they live in. Right. That they play that's, in twice a year or something. That's not nothing. It's something. So, yeah, you should definitely listen to uh, guys who are on that level. And if this kind of bristles against your sensibility, then, you know, you may just kind of re- reevaluate that. You know, why does that bother you? You know, isn't that what you want? Don't you want to do well? Don't you want to have a reputation where I play and people will come? spend money and give me money because the more people who are in the, in the place, hopefully the more tips you're making, the more money you make, the more money the band, the, the, the bar makes and the more likely that they'll ask you to come back to do it again. That's right. You know, the, um, the acoustic thing I'm, I'm really, I've been trying to do a lot of kind of market research. Like what's, what songs are, you know, these people doing and what songs can I do that they can't do, but are still kind of in that lane because, you know, I don't do it a whole lot, but, I'd like the option. I'd like to be asked, you know, a bit more. I've got a couple dates kind of on the books, but I want to make sure that I do a good job for these people so that, you know, I get repeat business. And that's, you know, you do that by, again, putting the effort in. That's right. So, you know, I can't necessarily tell people to come see me at a private country club, but I can do the other work to make sure that, you know, the performance I put on uh, lands with the audience and that they like it and I get to come back. So... That's what it's all about. Every part of it is brand building. Every part of it. Yep. Yep. So those are those those are the two soapboxes that we have chosen to be on. <laughs> Rant for over. this week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, listen, I liked uh, the uh, bonus ode, the uh, interview from earlier in the week. Yeah, that was fun. Um, it was kind of fun to kind of go, come full full circle with Braxton. Um, he and I had just you know it's the podcast kind of rekindled, you know, us talking. Um. And we just kind of, you know, we ended up building kind of a working relationship as well as a friendship and a mutual, you know, admiration of, you know, what each other is doing. And it, you know, if, if they sell out, if they sell well at this, this Athens thing, then, you know, it, it benefits both of us. It's, it's a, it's a good tale of networking and, um, the abundance mindset that we keep harping on about that, you know, find opportunities to partner with people, um, don't try to compete with everybody you see because sometimes what who could be your competition um, are much better at being your allies. Wise. Man. Man. I'm just, I'm on top of things. You really are. I'm really on fire today. Yeah. What, what can I say? I'm just quoting songs. It's good. I dug how um, yeah. Weezer like you know, ended up, I've ended up reaching out. I've episodes and, myself. Yeah. I like how they, they got in contact with Weezer and, you know, ended up getting support by the band that they tribute. That was really cool. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I can't think of another tribute band that has that level of um, 
Luck? I guess exposure. Moxie? Yeah. Charisma? I mean, wherewithal? You don't get what you don't ask for. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Cool. Well, um, wanted to say we uh, we did pick up another uh, patron on Patreon, which uh, felt pretty good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we are, uh, we're still kind of toying with some ideas about doing, um, changing up the tiers, maybe getting a bit more... Um, a bit more access if that's something that you're looking for. Um, I did get uh, an email about doing some private coaching, which we also do. Cool. Um, you know, for we've done the band coaching episodes, and if those are things that you're interested in, let us know. Hit us up on uh, the Facebook group or uh, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. But there's some people who don't necessarily want their uh, band business being aired and would rather <laughs> do it in uh, in private. And uh, we do offer that as uh, something to do. Sure. If that's something you were interested in, hit us up. Again, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I got. Hopefully some more uh, fun interviews on the horizon. And then, our, of course, our you know epic thing that we're not talking about yet that we're still trying to get scheduled. Yes. And that's it. There you have it. Well, guys... Once again, thanks for tuning in, and uh, thank you for your continued support from Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 88, closing in on 100. Oh, um, here we go. Have a great week. Blah, <laughs>